Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, everybody? You are now listening in to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Shonda, and we are going to talk about life lessons, the culture, and mental wellness, y'all. Think about the past week that we've had. I want us to really consider the way black people have been impacted. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But y'all know, before I get into today's topic, I first got to give you a shout out. Y'all know how we do on this podcast. I have to give you a shout out. So today's shout out is coming from my YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed to the YouTube, if you're not tuned into the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast playlist, I need you to do that like right now, like not now, but right now. But I just want to give a special shout out to Mr. Reggie Moore because whoever you are, I really appreciate the time that you took to listen to the entirety of episode two, which was setting godly goals. Y'all love that episode, by the way, period. Like I got so many downloads from that episode, Um, but but he showed so much love and he wrote like three paragraphs um, related to like how this really blessed them. So I'm going to read the first paragraph and this shout out is for you, Reggie. So it says, I enjoyed this episode. I do follow her on Instagram. I literally came up to listen to her podcast to Dr. C speak on things from a psychological perspective. Reason being, our African-Americans need to embrace that part of life. However, sis preached, explanation point, explanation point. Thank you. Uh, LOL. I was always taught you have to know the voice of Jesus. And when he's speaking and without an organ or a click track, she really broke down the importance of the acknowledging the Lord first, staying humble, waiting to see, is this what God wants for us? Not selling ourselves short, how much we can benefit and save in time and money. I must admit, I was tempted to turn it off. I was tempted to turn it off. Dr. C was, as church people say, stepping on my toes hard. But I've learned through the years that hearing those truths, acknowledging it, and having someone hold you accountable really makes you to be a better person. And when she said, I know I'm speaking to someone, which I say when I feel like I'm speaking to someone, I said, okay, Lord, I know this is you. Listen, Reggie, I really appreciate the fact that you were vulnerable enough to relieve that review because... You said it, but I'm sure so many people were thinking that in that moment, thinking that, you know, this message was targeting them. This was resonating with them. And if I if if I know I helped one person and that person being Reggie, my assignment was like that that fulfilled the assignment. So, again, Reggie, I appreciate your your um, just your your loyalty and just being a good listener, being a loyal listener. So, you guys, if you want to be featured on the podcast, all you have to do is write out um, a review. You can do that on YouTube. You can do that on wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, and everywhere else, all the other um, major platforms. But just write a simple review. Let me know what you think about an episode or the entire podcast, and I'll feature you as uh, this week's supporter inside of the podcast because I really love connecting with those who support me. Like, there's nothing that brings me more joy than to just just connect with people who want to connect with me, and I, I really appreciate it, and I feel how genuine you guys are when you write those reviews. All right, so next week, I'll continue to read some reviews, but again, thank you so much, Reggie. So if you want to join my community, y'all, I need you right now in this very moment to text podcast the word podcast to the number two one zero 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 three zeros 
210-621-0000. So all you have to do is text that number and you will be added to my podcast community. You will have updates whenever we get a new episode, updates when we start our um, our inter-community, our Patreon, where you will have access to newer episodes as well as exclusive interviews. And I got some popping interviews lined up and you don't want to miss those. Um, so if you want to be included in that, I need you to text podcast right now to 210000. All right, y'all. We're going to continue into today's topic. Like I said, we are checking, I'm checking in with black people today. Y'all know I have a strong passion for black people overall. I love my community. I love being black, y'all. I, I really do. But we really have to acknowledge that last week, um, was probably heavy for a lot of us, especially if you're a consumer of social media, if you're a consumer of media in general, and you observe some of the things that were kind of unfolding, whether it was on Instagram or Twitter or even in the news, we had a lot of pressures. We had a lot of things coming at us uh, that could have impacted us cognitively, emotionally, uh, behaviorally, even, you know, the way we think, the way we move. And the fact of the matter is, I always say the strong black myth, the strong black uh, persona has kept us suffering for in silence for centuries. That strong black persona has kept us suffering in silence for centuries. And that means that when we experience moments of like racism, whether it's in the media or if it's, if it's directly experienced, I'm more likely going to just feel like I got to keep trucking. Like this is just this just comes with being black in America. While that is true, it doesn't mean you have to stay strong in those moments and have to keep it pushing. I, I, I'm experiencing racism, but I'll continue to do my work. I'm, I saw this uh, thing that elicited some sort of trauma response in myself, therefore, I'm, but I'm going to keep going. We don't have to do that. And so the point of today's podcast, Black Folks Checking In, I'm encouraging you to check in with yourself today. We're going to be talking about some things that's been unfolding and I want you to check in with yourself because at the end of the day, there is, I always say, living in America as a black person is traumatizing in itself. Therefore, we have to remain uh, aware. We got to be cognizant of when we're consuming things that could exacerbate these trauma-based responses. So with that being said, we're going to go straight into the hot off the press segment. Y'all know hot off the press is becoming my favorite segment now. I always say like I'm a fake journalist because I never went to school for it. But the hot off the press segment is something I'm pretty sure you're familiar with if you haven't been living under a rock. So we're going to go straight into the topic. So we we all know our brother Ahmaud Arbery who was brutally killed in February of 2020. So his killers were recently, they, they recently went to trial. And so our hot topic, our hot off the press topic is related to that. So a judge in Georgia sentenced Travis McMichael, Gregory McMichael, and William Roddy Bryan to life in prison for on Friday for the Ahmaud Arbery murder. A black man who was running through the mostly white neighborhood in February 2020 when they chased him down and killed him. The situation went unnoticed for two months until posted on social media. Now I gotta pause right there because the fact that this situation went unnoticed for two months may feel like, oh my gosh, that's unbelievable to, to a lot of people. Might be surprising, but when you black in America, you're 
kind of used to being overlooked, kind of used to being undermined, used to having our story swept under a rug. But that's why I really appreciate and I thank God for social media nowadays because it allows us to capture these moments. Racism isn't new. These types of things ain't new. Stuff like this may happen happening in my neighborhood since I was a kid. But the fact that we have social media now, we're able to capture these and post about it. And if I were to capture some of the things that even myself and my family went through living in Delaware, I'm pretty sure by in so the era of social media, it probably would have went viral, but we didn't have it at that time. So going back to the article, for the judge, Timothy Walmsley, the main decision was whether to grant father and son, Greg McMichael, 66, who was 66, and Travis McMichael, 35, and their neighbor, Brian, 52 years of age, a chance to earn parole. Hogue said, so Hogue is the defense attorney, I believe. One of the attorneys, the attorney who was, yes, he was defending the the killers. Okay, she was defending the killers. So uh, she basically said in her argument, turning Ahmaud Arbery into a victim after the choices that that he made does not reflect the reality of what brought Ahmaud Arbery to Satili Shores shorts and the khaki shorts with no socks to cover his long dirty toenails i believe they put this in the article because this was one of those like defining moments during the trial it shows how they saw ahmaud arbery as this animalistic person as a person who wasn't even a human being as a as a as a someone who wasn't even uh worthy of being seen as a a human being We're, we're treating him as an animal so much to the point where i have to highlight how how dirty he looked I have to highlight how how unkempt he looked in order to paint my picture of how he didn't belong in this circle and how he was, again, kind of going with that stereotype of black people being unkempt, being dirty, being uh, uncivilized, if you will, being barbaric. And so the fact that she even said this really elicited a lot of emotions for a lot of people. And so the reason why I think that it was so... um I, I believe that they wrote the article, this one, really well. It's because they not only did they highlight that, but they also highlighted what the judge said in response at the, the trial, right? So so he basically, he gave everybody 60 seconds to remain in silence in order to depict how long Ahmaud Arbery was running frantically for his life. And he went on to say that Ahmaud Arbery went for a morning jog, but instead started running for his life. I know there there are so many things that can come up for us, especially as people of African descent, when we have to re-experience these moments. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba of seeing our brothers, seeing our sisters slain, murdered by people who are, whether they're civilians or the police, I don't care who they are or or the, the title that they hold. Black people dying in America at the hands of racism is detrimental, is, is uh, negatively impacting to our psyche. I don't care who who says it isn't. I don't care who says like racism isn't relevant in America. It is impacting us on a daily basis. Every single day on a daily basis, we see racism, whether it's directly impacting us, whether it's a direct experience, whether we uh, see it within structures, 
uh, systemic structures, whether it's the school system, the governmental system, financial systems, we are impacted by racism every single day. And it makes the, the experience that we have even more complex when we are watching stories like this unfold, when we are watching trials like this unfold on national TV, having to relive our brother. And, you know, my heart goes out for his mother so bad. My heart goes out for this family. Having to be in the courtrooms, having to to see images of our brother Ahmaud Arbery, his body, him running for his life, even comments like talking about his dirty toenails or what have you, you know, painting this image as if he's a, a barbaric human being, having to relive these experiences in combination with the racism that we experience every single day is traumatizing. And that's why at black people, as individuals of black African descent, we have to be mindful of what we are consuming in the media. Not to say that we we shouldn't watch these types of things, because, of course, we should be informed. But we have to know when to turn the TV off. We have to know when to take them in with moderation. We have to know when to not uh, to consume social media all day, every day, looking, trying to keep up with what's happening in the trial. Like I I literally saw people doing that and texting me and talking about how they wanted to be aware of like what's going on, but also it's impacting their psyche. We have to be mindful of this. And I know we're still in the hot off the press segment, so I'm going to slow down a bit, but you know, we, we really just have to be mindful of how much of these things are where we're consuming because it is traumatizing. Listen, the shirt says, I, I saw, I felt like my shirt, my brand uh, shirt will be very fitting for this episode. We have PTSD too. And this is not a plug. This is not me trying to push anything. This is literally black people in America. When we talk about PTSD, and I'm going to save that for a little bit later when we talk about, um, when we talk about racial trauma. But okay, we back in the hot off the press. Y'all can tell this is a, a topic that I'm very passionate about because it has impacted our brothers and sisters for centuries. And we really have to, to be mindful of when these types of things are being brought up in the media. Um, but we, we going back to hot off the press. We going back to hot off the press. Okay. That's not even the real tea. So we know, okay, these, these people, I was about to say these brothers, these individuals were on trial for killing our brother. They were sentenced. But the real tea, let me tell y'all what the real tea is because this was released about like maybe 10, 12 hours ago. Under a social media post where they had posted um, the, the killers were convicted of life sentences and what have you, a Georgia deputy was suspended after commenting on the Ahmaud Arbery case. So under that social media post, this Georgia deputy, a deputy of the law, he, he commented that criminal Arbery still got the death penalty. So we're just going to sit back and let that marinate for a bit. That criminal Arbery still got the death penalty. As if for even for this family and for black people as a whole, as if watching this situation play out wasn't traumatizing enough. As if seeing the, listening to uh, the lawyers in the courtroom try to demonize uh, her her poor son and to make him as if he's an uncivilized individual, as if that wasn't enough, as if the the dagger wasn't driven deep enough. You had to comment to make it even deeper. You had to, you had to twist the knife to make us feel that wound. Cops is going to cop, like deputies going to deputy, like the, these systems, the, these law enforcement systems in America, 
their foundation, they're based in very racist structures. We know that the police system is implicates very, very racist structures. But what I will say is that I'm not surprised. We know that cops is racist. We know that like uh, Georgia deputy, whatever he is, we know that these people have negative views of black people. I'm not surprised that this Georgia deputy would have commented something uh, so disgusting as if, again, Ahmaud Arbery was a criminal. I'm not surprised because we know that the police structures, the law enforcement structures in America are based on very racist structures. They're based in, they're they're rooted in racism. They're rooted in the, the history of Uh, Law enforcement and policing in America is based on the slave patrols, right? Patrolling enslaved individuals. So we know that because this is the foundation that many police officers are are, are, have these same rhetoric. So so that's not even surprising to me. I guess what really got under my skin with this comment was the fact that you heard the judge, you heard his speech about the how heinous this crime was, but yet you were still privileged enough to comment it and you thought you was going to get some likes or, you know, people was going to have you back, which I'm sure they probably do have his back. Don't get me wrong. And I don't think that the consequences are going to even be that um, intense for him. I just don't. I don't have faith in our justice system. I really don't. Um, one of my homies, Phil, uh, Phil Roundtree, he... He's going to be on the podcast soon, but he had a post out that said, you know, Ahmaud Arbery getting the individuals who killed him, them getting life in prison. That's not justice. That's an outlier. We're like, this isn't something that black people get in America. This is an outlying situation. We still we're we're still fighting to get justice. We're still fighting for equality in this nation. And because I know that we have a history of not getting justice in America. Again, I don't think that he's going to have significant consequences for the comment that he shared. And because y'all, this is going into like the, the actual topic of today's um, conversation, black people check in because we know that there are very racist law enforcement systems out there because we know that there are people who still argue that Ahmaud Arbery was a criminal. We know that there are still people out there who felt as though these men who killed Ahmaud Arbery should get a parole or a lesser sentence. We know that these people are out there. That is why I am encouraging you, brothers and sisters, to check in with yourselves. Think about what it was like for you to consume this information while you were watching it on TV, while you were allowing it to unfold on social media, while you were uh, mindlessly scrolling and just kind of like looking at all these different images pop up, whether if it was of Ahmad Arbery or, or him running for his life or check in with yourself. When we talk about racism in America, we're not only talking about how it impacts us on a societal level, how it impacts us on a cultural level, we're, I feel like mainstream America, like people in the media, we're just now getting to the place where in these conversations we have with racism, regarding racism, we're finally starting to talk about mental health and how that impacts us on an emotional level. Like I said, people have been doing this research for years. Like y'all hear me talk about Dr. Joy DeGroy all the time. I always say she is one of the goats of black mental health. And that's why we had the the Dr. Jules Horals at at Howard University talking about black mental health. We have so many people in the field doing the research and discussing these things, but 
we haven't really talked about it in mainstream media to the degree that we are, that we have been over the past, let's say, two years until recently when we did have our brother George Floyd, the Breonna Taylors, the Ahmaud Arbery's, when that was going on, that's when we started to become more aware of it in mainstream media. So I'm here to remind you that the information that we consume in media is not just stuff that you can kind of like read and just not think about. It impacts you on a level, even if you don't think it does, even if you, you don't realize it does. Anytime you see images of people who look like you, people who resemble you, people who you have similar characteristics as being gunned down in the street, having a a knee in their neck, being shot while in bed sleeping. When things like this happen and you you resonate with them like, oh, my goodness, she looks like me. Oh, my goodness, that that looks like my uncle. That look that could be my brother. That creates a level of fear and anxiety. It creates a trauma response in a lot of people. Dr. Joy DeGruy talks about. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. She talks about how individuals collectively, how they experience, can experience uh, historical trauma on a collective level, i.e. slavery. And that same group of people experiencing trauma generationally from generation to generation, continued racism. How that impacts us on so many levels. And she she coined the term post-traumatic slave syndrome. And even, you know, even as we transition, talking about, you know, our brother, Ahmaud Arbery, talking about the three killers and this individual who, who felt the privilege to comment something so idiotic. I want us to also think about like, okay, in what other ways last week could I have my mental health could have been impacted without me even realizing it? Hashtag we have PTSD too. I'm going to re- quickly read an excerpt from uh, the book Manichaean Psychology, The Psychology of Racism, written by Dr. Jules Horral. Uh, he's a, a professor at Howard University. I had the brief opportunity to share a panel with him, and um, he's just an individual with a wealth of knowledge. And in his book, I'm just going to briefly read it. The total expression of modern racism creates a Manichaean universe in which the oppressed are doomed to live out their lives. And his discussion of racism and psychopathology, Fanon, 1967, used the term Manichaean to describe the world of the colonized. In fact, the adherents of the teachings of Manichaeus in the third century AD saw an inherent conflict between light and darkness. The impact of this dualistic philosophy on European on Europe seems to be quite profound. The Manichaeans conceived conceived of blackness and things associated with it as evil. So black was associated with evil. Whiteness or light became associated with good. It is not difficult to see how the Manichaean order manifests itself along racial lines. People of African descent become associated with evil and inferiority. We come to see Caucasians as superior and inherently good. Now, this is what he describes as the psychology of racism and defining that that Manichaean concept, seeing black as evil, seeing light or whiteness 
as good, desirable, idealized. Now we saw this manifested in the way the situation unfolded, why they killed our brother Ahmaud Arbery, because why? Blackness, his skin color was associated with evil. It was associated with being uncivilized. It was associated with being barbaric. That was also, I'd like to argue, the reason why defense attorney had to make comment of his toenails or his socks or what have you. Like, how dare you? It was because she saw his blackness as evil. I'd like to also argue, as we as we transition, like I said, y'all, we had a, a pretty heavy week last week. And I'm just here to process it with you. Last week, we also saw in social media how the situation unfolded with um, a podcast. And I'm not even going to say this podcast name because I'm not trying to give them no airtime. I think we did enough of that. There was a podcast with two brothers. Hmm. I'm not going to call them brothers. I'm, I'm going to check myself in that moment. I'm not going to call them brothers. There was a podcast with two individuals and basically they were saying like, oh, I don't date black people. They were talking about the app that's associated with dating black people. So black people trying to find black people. Right. And so they said, I mean, hey, bro, that's how they sounded. I mean, hey, bro, if you want to date a bunch of Shaniquas, go for it. Do you like my impression? But in all seriousness, um, so he was basically saying, if you want to date a bunch of Shaniquas, that's what he was referring to as black women, then go for it. In the clip while speaking about the dating app, me and Fresh, Fresh being the other person who runs the podcast, aren't really down with the brown like that, being night writers. Sometimes if they're a red bone, going back to Manishian psychology, right? So seeing, as they stated, quote unquote, night writers, seeing blackness as evil, red bone or light skinned women as as goodness, as, as being better, as being more idealized, being more beautiful. Going back to the quote, but I mean, in general, me and Fresh don't dabble in the dark, if you know what I mean. As a black woman, I had to really um, be mindful of what I was taking in. And I'm not even going to say as a black woman, I'm going to say as a black person, because I, I talked to many black men out there who listened to the rhetoric that these two individuals were spewing on their podcast and they were fired up as well. They had significant emotion as well. So I don't think it had much to do with me being a black woman because this really is speaking to the stereotypes that that these individuals have internalized about the racial groups that they are either associated with or are a part of. I, I don't know how they identify. I don't know if they, they're black. Somebody said one of them was black. And with me not even knowing how they identify, I'm just going to say, you know, a person of color, people of color, right? When people of color see people spewing this type of hateful rhetoric about their own group, it evokes an emotional response. That is why uh, we saw Joe Brennan coming to the defense of black women. There was an emotional response that was evoked from that. Now, granted, I love how he he read like he read he read these boys down like he read them down and that's what they are little boys um he read them down okay um and i loved every bit of it but before we get into the read i want us to really check in with ourselves like okay even after hearing me to talk about some of the rhetoric that they were discussing what were you feeling listening to this podcast what was coming up for you were there uh thoughts that may have been surfaced of when somebody may have called you a Shaniqua or somebody may have said to you that 
you know, I don't date black women or I don't date black people. If you're a man listening to this, what came up for you? And the reason why I want you to do this is because we really have to get in the habit of practicing how to check in with ourselves. But when we hear things, when we hear experiences of racism that could compound experiences that we that we've already had, we have to really stop and check in with ourselves, get in tune with how we're feeling. How could this be impacting me cognitively? How could this be impacting me emotionally? What am I thinking about myself? This has changed my perspective, uh, my, my perspective of myself and my my peers. So that's what I want us to do, right? But I also want us to keep in mind, we're not just talking about two people of color or however they identify. We're talking about people of color who have what we call internalized racism. And so internalized racism is a concept in which an individual begins to internalize some of the stereotypes associated with people of color, believing those stereotypes related to people of color, and then internalizing it and beginning to spew it. That is internalized racism. Nobody can, you know, tell me anything different. These people have some internalized racism that we that was just being projected in that moment. When dealing with people with internalized racism, I saw a lot of people uh, uh, getting their, their feathers ruffled, wanting to argue with these individuals because of some of the things that they were saying that were very hateful. At the same time, there is absolutely nothing that you can do to convince somebody who internalizes uh, notions of racism about their own community or about communities of color, and they happen to also be in a community of color, there's nothing you can do to convince them to change their mind, to change, to convince them that you're correct, to change their perspective, to make them, uh, to have them understand why they're wrong. Why? Because that racism is internalized. This is something that has become a part of their ideology. It's become a part of their belief system. And instead of arguing, as Black people, we have to preserve ourselves. We have to preserve our energy. I always say it is not my job to educate anybody about racism. Either you get it or you don't. There are books out there. Hashtag Dr. Jules Harrell. There are, you know, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Um, You know, even Kendi got his book out. It's, It's so many books, so many resources. Google, Google Scholar. Not just Google, Google Scholar with some credible sources. Um, There's so many things out there that you can do to read this stuff on your own. But I refuse to allow my emotions to get revved up over somebody else's ignorance. So as black people, I really want us to begin to check in with ourselves. Ask yourself, am I consuming too much of this information on social media? Am I uh, following this trial too much? Is it causing certain anxiety-based symptoms to be triggered in my body. When I read this case, is am I getting tension in my stomach? Am I getting, uh, or my hands shaking? Is it causing different memories of my past experiences of racism to be triggered? Am I being triggered by these moments? And if so, it is totally okay, bro. It is totally okay, sis, to take a step back and to no longer consume it. You can give yourself breaks from this thing. Black people check in, y'all. That's the whole point of today's episode. Black people check in. Listen, y'all, I'm not even going to go into the other segment. So I know I keep saying to ask Dr. Shonda, y'all going to kill me if I'm not reading y'all questions. But I really want us to focus in on um, the trauma, our pain, and really just thinking about how we could have been impacted. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. 
by some of the things that have unfolded last week. So I'm going to hold off on the Ask Dr. Shonda. Um, But again, I'm encouraging you to check in with yourself. There's no possible way that you could have experienced the things that we saw on TV, the things that we saw on social media unfold without being triggered in some way, shape, or form. I don't care if you're a black man. I don't care if you're a black woman. I don't care how you identify. You probably were impacted. And today is just your reminder to check in, y'all. It's been so real. I always appreciate y'all. But I really want us to stop there just to think about it, to allow this information to marinate and to practice checking in with yourself. So y'all, do me a favor. If you haven't text podcast to 21000, I need you to do that. So that's two one and then three zeros, two one zero zero zero. Text podcast to that so that you can stay in the loop with everything that we have going on. So y'all, next week I have a very special guest. Um, I'm going to allow y'all to guess who it is. So oftentimes when I post like a video or a picture, anytime my face is shown, somebody, it it never fails. At least one person in my comments is going to say, oh, Dr. Shonda, you look like so-and-so. That's who I'm having on my podcast next week. And if you can guess it, if you can guess that person um, and put them in my DM, put their name in my DM, I'll send you one of my African pendants or something from my shop. Um, But you have to guess them correctly. So if you do that, you post it in my, you put it in my DM, you will certainly get one of my African pendants, y'all. Do me a favor, y'all. When you, uh, while you're listening to this podcast, I want you to screenshot it, whether you're listening to it on your Apple podcast or Spotify or what have you, or on YouTube, I want you to screenshot Post it in your story and at me. Also, when you write a review, you can be featured in the next episode. So go ahead, write your review and um, so you can be featured in the next episode. You can also get my shirt. We have PTSD 2 in my um, shop, the Minds of the Culture shop, uh, mindsoftheculture.org. So mindsoftheculture.org. I'll also put the link below. Also, if you want to start a podcast of your own, you can go ahead and click the link that is in the show description here so that you can start a podcast. I believe everybody has a voice. Everybody's anointed to do something. Therefore, how are you allowing yourself to your your gifts to be seen? How are you allowing your anointing to be felt by other people? You have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. It's been real, y'all. I'll see y'all next week with my special guest. (laughs) All right, y'all. See you. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.